Are you ready to take the lead in the dance of life? Fall in love with who you are right now and find uninhibited joy every day? Then it's time for you to flaunt your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. Join radio host Laura Cheadle and learn how the five steps of flaunt can help you quit seeking approval, proving your worth, and release you from the judgment of others. Express all that you are, discover your naked self-worth, and finally, enjoy the life you've worked so hard to create. Welcome to Flaunt, Build Your Dreams and Live Your Sparkle. I'm Laura Cheadle, and whatever you're doing, I want you to stop. I want you to sit down, and I want you to focus for like two whole minutes on what we are about to talk about. We are going to talk about sex. Yes, we are going to have a frank, open, honest, clear discussion about sex. And the reason we're going to do this is because sex is everywhere in our society. And so often we talk about things like the objectification of women and, you know, sex trafficking and everything that we talk about within sex is kind of hyper, kind of panicky, kind of scary. And sex becomes a thing that we don't want to talk about because it's scary. And if we say something honestly, if we've got a question about sex, we feel judged. And if we express an opinion about sex, we get scared because we're not sure what somebody's going to think about it. And we don't want people to think that we're a pervert or we're weird, or we're engaging in activity that we shouldn't be engaging in. And when there is that much fear and shame and judgment around sex or around anything, what happens is we quit talking about it, and then the conversation goes underground, and then either we don't learn healthy, normal ways of communicating and expressing ourselves, Or we start deviating into strange behavior because it's the only way we can get our questions answered. So that's what today's show is going to be about. It's going to be about sex. And it's going to be about breaking out of that taboo that this is something that we can't talk about. Because sex is in our world. We procreate. (laughs) That's totally normal. And it's fun. And that's totally normal and natural to say things like that. And most people crave intimacy and connection and an enjoyable sexual experience. Today's guest is absolutely amazing. Her name is Tiffany Yelverton, and her company is Entice Me. And what she does is she elevates the conversation around women and sex and pleasure. She provides workshops and events and online courses and personal coaching to support women in all stages of life, including cancer survivors. We're only just starting to talk about things like sex after menopause, but there's also something called sex after cancer, sex during cancer. There are so many phases in our life postpartum, while we're pregnant, where questions arise. And thank goodness there are people like Tiffany out there who are willing to have frank, open, honest discussions 
about sex. So I hope you are all focused. You are all excited. No pun intended on that one. (laughs) To move forward in today's episode and to start talking and learning about all things health, sex, and well-being related. So with that, welcome to the show, Tiffany. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you, Laura. That intro was amazing. It felt like I met my spirit animal right with you. (laughs) (laughs) I am so glad. And, And I just want to take a moment right here at the top of the show to honor you for the work that you're doing. Because, like I said in the intro, there's so much taboo and shame around sex, and it takes brave, honest, open women to start elevating that conversation and to give people what we all want to learn and to know. So thank you for the work that you're doing. My pleasure. Thank you for acknowledging it. That's me. You're so can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got started in this line of work? Yes, I have always been fascinated about sex from as early as I can remember. I remember asking, I think, the babysitter when I was five years old, what sex was. And I was very fortunate to grow up in a very liberal, open household in a very conservative area. I grew up in Idaho, so it was a very um, different upbringing around my friends. And I realized pretty early on as a teenager that sex came with consequences for women, but we didn't ever talk about pleasure. And then going into my early 20s and being in a relationship and not even knowing what that meant, what, you know, we have all these negative messaging that we get as women and girls about you're going to get pregnant, you're going to get a disease, you're going to have a reputation, but we don't ever learn about the pleasure aspects. So I didn't ever even know what that meant to me. And so after getting out of that narcissistic relationship, and I thought that I just had a, I do have a very high sex drive, fortunately, but I also thought I just wanted more sex, but it turns out I wanted better sex. And so I took myself on a journey of learning about my body and exploring with toys and really getting out of my head and into my body because I'd never had an orgasm. and I thought something was wrong with me. And that was over 20 years ago. And I always then from that point, from that first orgasm, I was like, why don't we teach this pleasure is amazing and we could probably have world peace if everybody had more orgasms and then fast forward i was in a very unfulfilling career that was soul sucking and i got to the point where it was like you know what it's time that i do something for me and work on my goals and dreams instead of someone else's and so i left that corporate career and started my own business entice me I'm so glad that you did. Several of the things that you said, I want to kind of rewind and pick back up on. Uh, First of all, yes, we are shamed and warned that you will get a disease, you'll get pregnant, or you'll get a reputation. And it's interesting because 
yes, you could get a disease and yes, you could get pregnant, but the two things that prevent those are education and talking about it more, (laughs) not hiding it and pretending that it doesn't exist. And then the third piece on that is that reputation piece and the fact that it is women that get the reputation and that men, by and large, still do not get the reputation. And we're getting better at that, but it's just an interesting cultural societal note that I do want to point out. And one thing that I actually have in my book, um, my book is Flaunt, Drop Your Cover and Reveal Your Smart, Sexy Spiritual Self. And part of that is revealing the fact that we are all sexual beings. Our sex drive or lack of sex drive has nothing to do with whether or not we're a sexual being. We are all sexual beings. We are biologically created with that function. And one of the things is that around sex is that it brings pleasure. And that is something that is not taught in class. That is not some of the female body parts like the clitoris is not talked about when you're learning about sex. It's just ignored because it doesn't have a reproductive function. So then many women grow up thinking, one, they don't know what it is or what it does or why it exists, or men don't know what it is, what it does, or why it exists either. So then that increases, I think, some of the confusion around it. And eating feels good. Eating tastes good. We talk about the fact that we have taste buds (laughs) that encourage us to eat and to sample and to flavor things. So why can't we talk about the parts of our body that are related to our reproductive system that also cause us to feel good? I talk about the, like, compare eating to sex all the time because one they're both bodily functions that we really need to survive. And one, we Instagram our meals every day, but we can't even put a, the word sex on Instagram without it being censored. So it is, it's about stepping into that power and being able to talk about our bodies. And there's, you know, being that there's hardly been overall very much research even on the female body, there's still doctors and very prominent psychologists and psychiatrists that question if the G-spot is real. And, you know, say all these, you know, we uh, you can read article after article about women's ejaculation and no two articles agree. And it's just ridiculous because our bodies produce these things. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's pleasure. And it's like it's a, the clitoris is just for pleasure. Right. Right. And there's nothing wrong about there's learning about that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all fine. It's all good. And something else that I want, in case there's any listeners out there that are feeling uncomfortable, and I welcome that discomfort. If you're hearing this and you're thinking, I don't know where this conversation is going to go. Oh, is it going to make me nervous? Please lean into that. And please reflect back on the messages that were taught to you and just ask yourself, where is this discomfort coming from? Because I know for me, sometimes the discomfort comes from, I don't know how far this is going to go. And I just want to set a little bit of boundaries for you listeners right now. There is the spectrum 
from complete nothing, prude, uptight, all the way to sleazy, seedy, <clears throat> gross, disgusting. We're not talking about sleazy, seedy, gross, disgusting, illegal, amoral. We're in that whole middle range of, <clears throat> hey, let's talk about this. Let's get normal and let's figure this out and share. So hopefully if you're sitting here thinking, oh, I don't know where this is going to go, that statement right there will just kind of help you understand we're within the bounds of normal. We're within the bounds of exploring our own bodies, consent, so no no freaking out. <laughs> so Tiffany, that's kind of how you got started from there. When you started doing this, what was the reaction from those around you? Well, my mother said, oh, that's perfect for you. And my dad said, I don't want to hear anything about that. <laughs> So <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> two different reactions. It's also very common when I'm talking to people. It's either they really lean in or they're like, oh, I, I don't I don't do that. I hear that so many times from, oh, I'm too or- old to have orgasms. I'm past that in my life. I hear that I was at a, an event a couple weeks ago and I was like, you're never too or- old to orgasm. If anything we need in this world right now is more orgasms, we, it boosts our immunity and we can fight off coronavirus, you know, that it's those, all those myths of that we don't need it or we don't, shouldn't desire it anymore is really crazy to me because it's just so wonderful in our lives. And I think part of it is that so many people have never experienced really true, great sex because they don't either know about themselves or they've never given themselves permission or don't think that they're worth that, that they have no idea what's possible. But also when I put my company together, like it was my aha moment of like, oh, I'm going to elevate this conversation. And so I wear a little black dress and pearls. And so when people, you know, and I'm very prominent in my community, I'm on boards of directors, on boards of governors, things like that. And so when people meet me that they're like, and I tell them what I do, that I've actually had people go, no, really, what do you do? Oh, how funny. And I'm like, no, I really do. I talk about sex and orgasms and I coach people and I have a product line. I wear sometimes a vibrating necklace that is very demure and people are like, like I've had people like laugh in my face before, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's oh, just their, sure. and I, that's probably it's because their own discomfort. But yeah. So let's go right. Let, let's go there. Orgasm. The word orgasm even makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Oh, yes. Yeah, it really does. Talk about, I mean, to me, saying orgasm and digestion or orgasm and bowel movement, they're all bodily functions. (laughs) They all help you feel better and process. So to me, there's really no difference in that. It's just that the word orgasm is kind of taboo. Talk right now, if you would, about some of the benefits from orgasm. You, you mentioned a few, but just for, for listeners to kind of know the full breadth of what an orgasm is and what it actually does for our body emotionally and physically. So an orgasm is a culmination of all of the endorphins and blood flow 
and just reverberating through your body. And what happens when we orgasm, I actually call orgasms life lubricant because it makes everything better in your life. It smooths over all those little daily irritations and stresses, especially if you're in a relationship. If your sex life is going well, you don't really care if the laundry's done or if the trash is taken out. It just, all those little things don't matter. And if you really think about it, it's true. Um, that you're like, oh yeah, when I when I talk to my clients, I'm like, and they're like complaining about each other. I'll be like, when was the last time you had sex? Oh yeah, that's probably why. But the health benefits alone are amazing. So when we have an orgasm, oxytocin is released into the bloodstream neurochemicals like serotonin and dopamine all these neurotransmitters produce more testosterone dhea so it they it bolsters the immune system it ra- it helps with cardiovascular strength and reduces stress so one of my favorite statistics is three orgasms a week can cut down on heart disease by 50% wow It's also like Botox without the needles because it's one of the only ways that oxytocin stimulates the production of collagen. So it not only helps with the tone and texture of your skin, it actually works with fine lines, wrinkles, and cellulite. So that's probably why we, you and I look so great (laughs) because I'm so young. (laughs) Um, You know, depression, it's a mood elevator. Um, I've suffered from chronic clinical depression my entire life. I also was diagnosed very young um, in my 20s with um, fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue and all of these things that were pretty debilitating. And I know for myself and my clients that having more orgasms really helps with that pain relief. Because um, when we have the orgasm, it helps to block pain receptors in our bodies. So it allows us, um, it helps with pain and neurological pain a lot also. But um, it also for, it allows us to push past things that we wouldn't normally do and ask for things that we want. Um, A lot of Olympic athletes, there's been research done where they, perform better when they have an or a self-induced orgasm the night before competition. Oh my gosh. Um, I believe that it is a big component in closing the gender pay gap because men masturbate about 31% more than women. And if you look at the pay gap of 21%, then we can close a lot of that. And it's really about, When we have those endorphins and chemicals going through our body, we're happier, we're vibrating at a higher level, and people are attracted to that. And it allows us to ask for things like raises, money, the sale, being confident. You know, if you're going to go on stage, self-pleasure beforehand, because it's going to take that anxiety and stress away. That's interesting. And I like how you um, relate it to life. It's not just a dirty little secret that's in the bedroom. It's making yourself feel good 
and be powerful and be healthy. You know, we talk about eating a healthy diet makes us feel better and we feel better when we're not eating sugar and you feel better if you're not drinking yourself into a stupor and you feel better if it's just another way to feel better, whether it's a massage or working out to get the endorphins or eating right. It's just another way to make yourself feel better. And I think it's interesting because many women have have been raised to be somewhat self-sacrificial, that they see their worth in for what, for what they do for other people, their children, their husband, the clean house. You're a good wife. You're a good woman if your house is spotless, you know, the, the June Cleaver stereotype. And it's just interesting to me because you also hear about women servicing, quote unquote, their partner. And again, that's a self-sacrificial way. It's I'm putting you above me. And just this two-minute conversation that we've had, I am hoping shifts that narrative in some women's heads that there's no nobility in self-sacrifice. And this is a physical, emotional, mental health benefit and you can have it for you. So what about for the women out there who will say, oh, I can't have an orgasm? Well, there is a very, very small percentage of women, of people that are anorgasmic that actually cannot have an orgasm. That's a very, very small population. 11% of women have never had an orgasm, but they can. So it's about... You know, think of how if you don't even know about your body, it's going to be very difficult to, one, get there yourself, but also to share and communicate your needs and desires to a partner. Um, it's about, mus- you know, pelvic floor muscle tone. It's about you exploring and using toys and being able to get out of your head and into your body. It's, it starts with just even starting to feel like you talked about food and tasting. We touch ourselves all the time, right? We wash our bodies. We put our lotion on. We do our skincare routines, but we don't actually feel. And so even if we just take a few minutes and just like touch our skin and feel what your fingertips feel like, even on your arm, it's like you'll get tingles through your skin and that's that oxytocin is being activated in your system and we're so touch depraved that it's it's no wonder that most people you know that aren't having orgasms don't know how to get there because we don't talk touch each other at all anymore you know we're so in our devices and in our own worlds Right. I like that you said that. I've got a video. I'm going to link it to the show notes. It's a, literally a video of me putting on hand lotion and telling people how to feel themselves as they're putting on hand lotion. And it's sensual, which can be sexual, but it's you're absolutely right. We are very touch deprived. And it's unfortunate in our society that we do have to worry about unwanted touch and sexual advancement because we are physical beings. And I, you know, even with babies who are deprived of touch, it creates significant emotional, intellectual problems. 
So you mentioned another word there that I think is going to make a lot of listeners uncomfortable, but I just want to break it down because again, today is about having a conversation. For many people, they've been raised in the tradition that sex is something to do with a partner. And in many religious traditions, masturbation is a sin. So if that's your religious tradition and that's your belief, absolutely be comfortable with that. But if it's not, or if you would like to just learn and maybe dip your toe in the water here, you talked about self-pleasuring. Say a little bit more about that and why that makes so many people so uncomfortable. Well, with religion, it comes a lot from that. However, it's actually not in most of the religion actual text. It's the doctrines that have been preached by men. And I have clients that are very Catholic and are like, I've been taught my whole life that I can't masturbate or self-pleasure or touch myself. I promised that I would never... And I looked at this gentleman and said, you know, it doesn't say that in the Bible. And he said, yes, I know, but I've been taught that my whole life. And so our bodies are so amazing. And when we can self-pleasure and take care of our own needs, it's so empowering because it doesn't make us reliant on anyone else for those, that pleasure. And people, it just, it gives you a inner confidence that no one can take away from you. And you get all those benefits that we just talked about and you can do it yourself, you know, pretty much any time of day that you're by yourself. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times I will hear from people, especially women, oh, I'm not in a relationship. So, you know, I... I don't need you. And I'm like, it's about you. It's about self-love. That's the ultimate self-care and the ultimate self-love is knowing that you can take care of your own needs and not be dependent on another person. And it's just, it gives us our power. And so much in, for centuries and hundreds and thousands of years, we've been, as women, had our sexuality squelched and thus our power taken away because, and men know that because they know that sex is power. Yes. Yes. And I mean, it's nothing new. Napoleon Hill talked about it in Think and Grow Rich about how the most powerful, influential leaders in the world, of course, he was talking about men, but doesn't need to be men are highly sexual beings yeah and we as women are highly sexual beings as well once we tap into that if you don't have a libido now start self-pleasuring and it will come back yeah that absolutely makes sense um i like how you talked about power too because i I teach burlesque And some of the pushback that I get from people on teaching burlesque, I am guessing, is some of the pushback that you get from people. And they'll say the same thing, but I'm not in a relationship. And I will always say, dancing has nothing to do if you're in a relationship or not. 
I teach burlesque. I teach chair dancing. I teach lap dancing. It's for you, by you, about you. It's moving your body to make you feel good, to bring a smile to your face, to get some fitness and some fun. And if you choose to share that with another person, of course you may, but it's not about them. It's about you. And that's kind of how I feel with what you're talking about with self-pleasuring. Learn it for yourself. Do it for yourself. And then if you choose to share it with somebody, have at it. Now, there we're, we're going to go somewhere else where, okay. again, it might make listeners feel uncomfortable. But there are, like, intimacy products. There are, you know, on a cruder level, sex toys. There are shops Everywhere. There's some really seedy, gross shops out there. There's also some more higher end shops, but that is a relatively new phenomenon um, in our culture. Also, with the internet, you can buy marital aids on Amazon. (laughs) I want to open up that discussion. (laughs) No, exactly. (laughs) With you and just get your, your take on it and share some of the information that you've got about the health and safety of those products. Thank you. So when I started my company as a product based business, because I felt that that would be the easiest way to open up the conversation. Women are very familiar with the party plan style and inviting their girlfriends over with some wine and some products, whether it's candles or Mary Kay or Tupperware. And we know how to talk about that. Um, So it was really opening up the conversation. And why I did that also is because going to a sex store or a sex toy store, no matter how beautiful it is, is still very intimidating and not comfortable for most of us. It's when you walk in and you're, I think the first thing is that you're worried you're going to run into someone you know, or you're going to, there's going to be creepy people in there, which was my experience the first time I went to a store. And then it's like, oh, the person at the counter is more alternative. Like it's floor to ceiling dildos. I don't even know where to look. And same with shopping online like am i going to get pop-ups am i going to get spam is it who's going to see my history is google watching you know all those things like and again the myriad of products but what really compelled me to start my own line like curated line i don't manufacture any products is that i found out that chemicals that were outlawed in children's toys haven't been outlawed in adult toys and adult products like lubricants and condoms and shaving creams. And I spent years in the cosmetic industry prior, you know, 25, 30 years ago and products last forever and they don't need to. And why is that? It's because we have these chemicals that are in them that we're putting now in the most absorbent parts of our body, our mucous membranes. Oh, is terrifying because we think, oh, well, that product would be, it's going inside me. Somebody has to regulate that. But what I saw was some products that I had bought and were turning color on each other. And I thought if they're doing that in a box, what are they doing in my body? And so, again, there's no regulations. There's so much counterfeit products out there that... Almost everything you get on Amazon is 
going to be a counterfeit product or really low quality because they can slap any label on it that they want. There's absolutely no quality control. So shopping from a retailer that really does their homework, like enticeme.com, I vet the manufacturers. I vet their product practices, their employment practices. All the products that we carry are medical grade. They have no chemicals that can irritate your body. Um, There's no parabens because you mentioned I work with a lot of cancer survivors. Parabens are found in 99% of breast cancer tumors. And the oncologists that I partner with say, you know, my patients can't use anything with parabens because they've had cancer and it can change the estrogen levels in our bodies. But yet they're very prevalent in the products that we put on our bodies before we have cancer. So go figure. Um, It's just women's bodies. So, you know, I find it really interesting. Um, Ignorance is not bliss. You know, when you talk about parabens, chemicals, toxic things, I mean, that, that to me is so mind-blowing because that should be something that is addressed first and foremost. So many of us are eating organic, you know, cruelty-free, you know, pure products, clean eating, blah, 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 blah. And even things like bleached tampons. Yeah. Wow. You know, let's talk about this. And instead, there's so much... Shame that we have a period. Shame that we take care of that period with a tampon or a pad or, you know, some of the cups. As you were saying that, I was thinking, I have no idea what some of those cups are made out of. But wow, there are a lot of things we're putting on and in our bodies. And yowza. I mean, who thinks about that? And shame on us for not being brave enough to talk about it and to ask for it and to demand better for ourselves. Yes. Um, I talk about that all the time. And that was what scared me is that I eat organic and I try to eat clean. You know, I love my desserts and things like that, but I really couldn't believe that. Like I was like, what is going on and how is this even possible? And it is very scary because when we put something topically on our skin, it goes into our bloodstream in about two minutes and we put it inside our vagina and it goes into our bloodstream in six seconds. Wow. Just like if you put something in your mouth, it's exactly like that. It goes right into your bloodstream. So it's very, very important that the products are safe. Absolutely. And they're going to last you your a lifetime, too. Like, everything that's good has multiple-year warranties. And so it's not – it's an investment product. It's an investment to, you know, make things better. I think that sex toys are an accessory to your sex life, just like a necklace is an accessory to your outfit. You know, we don't wear the same jewelry every day. Why should we have the same sex every day? We want, it needs to be kept interesting so that we stay, you know, for our relationships to flourish. The top reason for divorce in America is sexual incompatibility. Now it's even over money. And I think if everybody connects to themselves and really gets to the point where they're having great sex, those divorce numbers are going to really decrease. That makes sense. 
And then I wanted to move into sex in the special population. You know, you work with cancer survivors. There's, um, you know, people who are pregnant or are having kids. There's menopause. There's cancer. You know, there's the fibromyalgia. There's a myriad of different conditions, illnesses, stages of life, phases. And sex, like eating, is something that we could and we should do our whole life it's just that it changes so talk a little bit more about some of your work with those like special populations well it, we expect things to always you know be the same but as we age our bodies change so like you said during pregnancy postpartum is a huge part of my practice um, menopausal women is the biggest section of my client base and then like cancer survivors and people who have gone through traumatic experiences, whether it's a body altering surgery or a treatment, all those the treatments, especially for cancer, chemically change our body, the body. And so it's puts women into a chemical menopause. And a lot of times doctors don't say that that's going to happen. And so when you've lost your femininity with your breasts and what we associate with femininity with our you know reproductive organs and then where the patients are put into a chemical menopause and it's just a downward spiral and so being able to it's it all goes back to loving yourself and learning to love the body that you're in and having that confidence and when we self-pleasure which uh, you know, we keep bringing up, but it's so important because when we self-pleasure, those chemicals like oxytocin that normally bind us to our partner in a partnered relationship actually still circulate through our system and create self-love for us. And so all those scars and body image issues, it really, they start to be more normalized because you love yourself. And every, you know, whether you're just having a baby and you have the post baby blues where you don't want to be touched because your oxytocin has been given out to your child all day long, you know, think of new ways that, uh, that you can be intimate, that it doesn't always and change it up, you know, be have try a different time of day, try a different room schedule it i know that doesn't sound sexy but when we date we schedule sex pretty much every time so (laughs) that's true that's true it just has to be a priority just like any other ritual in your life and whether that's exercise or eating it's something that's good for you and we have to make time for it no matter what you know whether it's we're 80 and we want to have sex or we're 20 and we're pregnant um it just has to be something that it's all about love. And that's where, why I started Sexy Survivors is because I found that working with so many people I kept hearing over and over is as survivors and as women and men going through cancer treatment that they, that wasn't something that was dealt with and wasn't talked about. And that's something that, a lot of times the survivors are ready to get back in to intimacy and their partners are afraid to touch them because of the porcelain doll effect and things like that. 
Yeah, I so think that's very so rewarding, but it's it's very, you know, it doesn't have to be even a traumatic experience. It's just life experience and knowing that things change and to think outside the box and to explore new things like it doesn't have to be penis and vagina. It doesn't have to be the way sex is. Right. Right. So before we kind of transition and move into the second half of the show, um, do you have any insight for listeners who might be thinking, Tiffany, Laura, this is so cool. I've never really thought about it this way. And I'm interested in opening up the conversation. I'm interested in learning some more, but I'm still a little hesitant I don't want to terrify my partner. I don't want to get kicked out of the PTA because people see me wrong. Where can people start going right now after the show to maybe just start learning a little more? Well, they can text me. I'll give you my phone number. It's 714-386-9684. Text me and we can start a conversation. Um, I have a download that I know we're going to share also. It's um, Five Sexy Secrets of the Cuddle Chemical. And so that's really awesome. It's at bit.ly forward slash cuddle chemical. And let's schedule a session and get to see if it's a course that you need or if you want to come to my retreat in Aruba you know, what the next step is for you. But a lot of times it's just starting with putting your lotion on slower. You know, like you said, it's so easy. Something easy to do is just be like, oh, that's what my skin feels like. Yeah. And just thank your body for being here. Like, and know that every flaw that you see, no one else really sees. And that, that's the roadmap to your life and that you need to appreciate it and be grateful for what you have. Yeah, absolutely. And listeners, if you're driving, the um, information will be in the show notes too. And again, you can always reach out to me, Laura, L-O-R-A, at Laura Cheadle, L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E.com. And hey, I'll have a conversation with you too, but I will also point you to Tiffany's stuff, um, her website, her retreat, all of that good stuff. And, you know, same thing. I've got my download 15 ways to flaunt today. And flaunt and sex aren't the same, but there's some overlap in that. It's all about tuning back into yourself, noticing, noticing who you are, noticing what feels good and what doesn't feel good. It's totally, again, another little caveat here. It's about noticing what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And what doesn't feel good, no pressure. If you're sitting here thinking, I don't want to do that, then don't. It's okay to explore, but if something makes you comfortable, by all means, don't do what doesn't make you comfortable. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So Know know yourself enough that you can say, this isn't right for me. Right. Right. Because I think it's important to have a conversation. I am a verbal processor. You know, Tiffany is very into having these conversations. But if you're thinking, I don't want to have a verbal conversation with someone, then don't. You know, even if it's not not even action, even if it's conversation, don't. Maybe you can read about it. 
<laughs> Maybe you can text. Sometimes it's easier. Total side note here. I just found out that for the like millennial generation, the suicide lines where you call in, they're finding out millennials will not call in for a suicide line when they have text suicide lines. They are far more effective. So same thing. If there's a text, if you want to read and communicate that way, communicate in a way that is important to you, in a way that is comfortable. Something that I suggest to couples all the time is when they're trying to communicate to text it because it's so much easier to text than to actually sit down across from a partner and have those conversations. And you, an easy way for women to say is, it would be so sexy if, or it's so hot when you do this. And then that's an easy, guys are like, oh yeah, I'll do that. And then for men, if you're trying listening, which I hope that there are some men listeners out there, that if you are trying to get, communicate with your woman a way you can say is I feel so connected to you when and then women go oh I want to be connected (laughs) oh that's adorable (laughs) yeah I love that I love that okay shifting gears and moving into the second half of the show it's going to be the burlesque reveal of Tiffany (laughs) yay I want to go through the five steps of flaunt with you so you can get a little bit naked and readers, uh, readers, listeners can learn a little bit more about you, your heart, your soul, and just you as a person. But first, a quick break. To all the women who have cried in the shower, smiled when they wanted to scream, and couldn't wait to get home and unhook their bra. Flaunt is the definitive guidebook on how to get back in touch with who you are underneath your labels, roles, and scripts. Fall in love with yourself right now. Breathe life into the dreams you left behind and live each day with uninhibited joy. Pick up a copy of Laura Cheadle's number one best-selling book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self wherever books are sold. It's available in print, digital, and audio formats and comes with two downloadable meditations. So if you're new to the show, FLAUNT is an acronym and it stands for Find Your Fetish, Laugh Out Loud, Accept Unconditionally, Navigate the Negative, and Trust in Your Truth. And since this was a show about sex, listeners are probably thinking, oh my gosh, fetish, fetish. (laughs) That's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm talking about that thing that lights you up, that thing that gives you pleasure and joy. Sometimes it's just looking up at a blue sky. Sometimes it's hearing the birds. Sometimes it's taking a bubble bath. What, Tiffany, is your fetish what just gets you really happy well it's going to be no surprise orgasms make me deliriously happy um i also always say i have a firefighter fetish i love that (laughs) i love firefighters and i love things that are french like i love a french firefighter even better (laughs) They wear these really cute gold hats. Like their outfits are even stylish. It's really cute. I have to Google that because I do not know what a French firefighter looks like. But oh my gosh, I'm all in. (laughs) 
you know, I like girly things. I really, in a, my past career, wasn't able to really show my femininity. And so I like being a woman. I like being sexy and sensual. Mm-hmm. I like that you said that because as a former corporate attorney, I couldn't let that side of me out either. And I missed it because that's just who I mm-hmm. am and it resonates with me. And it's funny because sometimes people will say to girly girls or to feminine women, you know, why are you hiding yourself that way? And it's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm expressing myself this way. My makeup and my hair is not a cover. It's an expression. And boy, does it feel good. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the next step is a laugh out loud. Now, orgasm and laughter actually, I think, are fairly similar because they are bursts of joy that are spontaneously erupting from your body. Talk about laughter. Laughter, I'm also curious, laughter and sex. How does that go together in your mind and in your experience? Well, it's, you know, sex is a bodily function. Like, there's going to be things that are funny. Like, you might fart, but it, we have to have fun. Like, if it's not fun, why, aren't, why are you doing it? Like, that's what I look at everything in my life is that it has to bring me joy. And it's okay to laugh during sex. It doesn't, it's not serious. Like, have fun with it. Um Yeah, I love to laugh. I love to be with my friends, you know, things, just silly things. Yeah. I make myself laugh all the time. Like, I crack myself up. I don't know. Good. (laughs) Yeah, and I like you said that because I think sometimes we watch TV movies with choreographed sex. And we think our own sex life is going to go like that. And it, it just doesn't always. And it's it's not worth getting mad over. It's not what it's about. Which kind yeah, of if you've perfect. ever tried Cosmo's positions, like position of the day, it you have to laugh because you're like, Okay, that did not work. <laughs> that did not look like the picture. <laughs> It's like, yeah, Pinterest in the bedroom. (laughs) Right? Give yourself permission to do that. Otherwise, it's going to be boring. Right. I love that. And that kind of goes into that next step, accept unconditionally. There's a lot of things that we want that we're not going to have. There's a lot of things that we expect that don't come to fruition. What about accepting unconditionally with sex, with orgasm, with taboo? Talk a little bit about some of the things that you or your clients have found difficult to accept and then the power and the shift when they are able to finally accept that. I would say the biggest thing that my students find hard to accept is their own bodies. And that worse, and I used to have really bad body image issues and I used to weigh 100 pounds less than I do now and so I know how that feels like I would not be naked in front of anyone you know it was always sex with the lights off and when we love ourselves and trust me no one else sees those flaws guys see a naked lady and are like that woman wants to be with me and she's naked and that's all they see is like boobs and it's so visceral and um, you really have to unconditionally love yourself before you can love anyone else or allow anyone to love you. 
Yes. Because it has, you have to be there for you first. And as women, we tell ourselves things that we would never allow another person to say to us. And we would never say to our best friend or to a stranger. And if you're a mom or an aunt and you're saying these things about yourself in front of little girls, they are hearing that and saying, oh, well, if your butt's too big, then my butt must be too big. And it pains me to hear little girls that are six years old want plastic surgery. Yeah. Or wanting to go on a diet. Or going on a diet. Or are already not liking things about themselves. Right. You said something, too, that I think was so profound that I want to circle back to. We can't feel our need for love by having another person fill it. We have to love ourselves first. Then somebody can come in and give us love. But we can't receive enough unless we're whole. We have to, have to, have to love ourselves and our bodies. And I am unapologetic about saying that. You have to. You have to love yourself if you're able to accept love or to give love. That truly is where it all starts. So thank you for that. Yeah. And then that next step is navigate the negative. There's a lot of naysayers out there. There are people that maybe turn the show off, and that's fine if they're not ready for it. But there might also be people who want to write in comments, oh, you guys are sleazy, or this is not right, or whatever. Negative stuff happens all the time. We all can agree to disagree. What are some of your tips for navigating the negative, for navigating those naysayers? Well, there's, like you said, there's always going to be naysayers. And it is very easy to take it personal. But if they they look at us, we're not sleazy. We're not talking about anything sleazy. Um, I try to encourage myself and my clients to ask ourselves, is it true? And then I, I personally use a modality called EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique. It's tapping and it dissipates those fight and flight responses and helps to change at the cellular level our um, sabotage, self-sabotaging and mental blocks. Um, whatever it is for you that really helps to change that is utilize that but it's just like really saying you know is that true and getting to the point where you can recognize when those thoughts come up or when somebody says something is that a reflection of them or is it a reflection of you and usually it's you know now being able to recognize that it's something that they're afraid of in their own life that it has nothing to do with me and to help guide them through to a place where they're comfortable. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last thing is T, trust in your truth. What is your truth? Who is Tiffany not in relationship to anybody else, not as a business owner, as an entrepreneur? Who are you inside in your deepest essence? I love this question so much because the first women's conference I went to 
25 years ago, this question was asked, and it was one of those questions that I had never even thought about before. And now I use it in my retreats with my clients, and it's like, who are you as a woman without anything else? And I am a strong, powerful, sensual, sexual being. I love hard. I am loyal to a fault. I am very dedicated um, and very passionate about the things that I do in my life. And I'm very, I guard the people that are close to me with everything else. And then, but I also guard myself and my time and know that that is where I have to put myself first in my me time and really embrace everything that I I've really created this company because it is such, we, you know, as you said, without, but I created my company so that and designed my life so that it's an extension of who I am without anything else because that is who I am. Like people come in, my clients come see me at my house. And so they come in and they're like, oh, of course, this is what your house looks like. It's <laughs> shiny purple walls and, you know, it's shoes and furs and hats and sensual things like everything's tactile and (laughs) I love it it my life reflects who I am and I know in one of your questions you asked when we were in the pre stuff that is does your name reflect you and absolutely like Tiffany's is the little blue box I'm the little black dress you know you look at my branding colors it's a version of Tiffany blue and black and very French Parisian patisserie kind of look. And so it doesn't feel like you're shopping at a sex toy store. It feels like you're shopping at a candy store or an online boutique for clothes. Exactly. And listeners, if you want to get the full Tiffany interview, um, you can find that in my flaunt flock and that is on Facebook. And yes, you have to request to join because it is a very exclusive group. So um, if you want that, go to Facebook, request to join Flaunt Flock. You can get her full interview there and even go deeper with her. So Tiffany, thank you so much for playing with me and for having this conversation and for creating such an amazing brand for women and uh, men alike. So thank you. And listeners, have an amazing, amazing week. Entice me, Tiffany Yelverton. And again, reach out to me, reach out to her. And as usual, don't forget to flaunt. Tune in next time to flaunt. Build your dreams, live your sparkle with radio host Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 radio network. Overcome the need to please and find the uninhibited joy of being exactly who you are right now. Come find your fetish, laugh out loud, accept unconditionally, navigate the negative, and trust in your truth. Find out more and get your free gift at lauracheadle.com. That's L-O-R-A-C-H-E-A-D-L-E dot com. 